0: As you're turning to Ephesians chapter 5, uh, I want to uh, just kind of unpack uh, a, a few thoughts with you. Um, if you. If this is your first service uh, in the last couple weeks on a Wednesday, just let me tell you that the prison epistles are four books in the New Testament. Something just happened to the sound. I don't know what happened, but it just sounds different all of a sudden. I don't know. Uh, if you guys pressed a button or if it's just the wind blew, but it sounds uh, different. Maybe it's just coming through the monitors. I don't know. Um, but uh, uh, Ephesians, Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon are the four books that Paul wrote while he was in prison. Um, now, if I were in prison, I would just be sitting there having a bad attitude. Uh, but Paul... In spite of the fact that he was in a terrible season, he was still incredibly effective. Now I just, uh, I'm proud uh, that Paul represented Christ the way he did because I'm starting to think that uh, if Satan wants to make one of us ineffective, he's starting to believe that all he's got to do is just send a rough season our way, and then all of a sudden we just freeze up, have a bad attitude, and wait for that season to end, and then we'll start being effective again. Um, but Paul, regardless of what season, whether things were going well or whether things weren't going so well, he was laser focused on glorifying God, talking about Jesus. Uh, and, and teaching and preaching in spite of whether things were going good or whether things were going bad. Um, I don't know about you, but I have a tendency, if I'm having a bad day, um, I'm just kind of mad about it. Uh, it's difficult for me to be in the middle of a bad day and then be laser-focused on representing Jesus at the same time. you know what I'm saying? Oh, you're going to just leave me out here swinging in the wind, huh? All of you guys are like I don't, know, I don't know what you're talking about. I just, but it, that's but Paul did that, he, and so um, uh, he, he's just laser focused and and uh, doesn't get distracted. I recently read about a um a Catholic uh, priest. He had somebody in his congregation come up to him uh, with this little box, this homemade box. It was about two feet long and about a foot wide, and uh, she opened up the box and there was a dead cat in there. And, and the priest looked at her and just was kind of shell-shocked. And if you've ever been in a, a Catholic sanctuary, it's just very quiet and solemn. And, and he looked at the lady and he's like, what are you bringing a dead cat in here for? And she said, this, this is like a kid to me. And my, my cat has died. And I want to have a proper funeral for my cat proper one and I want to know if you'll do it and and the Catholic priest said "Uh, we don't do cats (laughs) That's just not what we do we we do children of God and she raised her eyebrows and because that cat is in heaven in her world and she was very offended and so she closed the box very gently and she said well I guess I'm gonna have to go down to the Baptist church down the street. I'm sure they'll do it. And um my my checked donation of twenty five thousand dollars, I'll just I guess I'll give it to them as well. And the priest said, Well, I didn't know your cat was Catholic. Come right over here. Come right over here, we'll take care of it right now. Yeah, we went there. We we we, we went there. All right, imitate holiness with worship and honor. Imitate holiness with worship and honor. Can you say that with me? Imitate holiness with worship and honor. Let's say that again. Imitate holiness with worship and honor. One more time. Imitate. Oh, you sound so good. I know that was one more time, but just say it one more time. One, two, three. Well, you guys just said my whole sermon. Memorized the whole thing. Thanks for coming, everybody. I'll see you guys on Sunday. <laughs> uh, but that's basically what Ephesians chapter 5 is all about. Uh, Paul is, is, is encouraging us to imitate Jesus Christ with holiness and worship and have honor. Imitate holiness with worship and honor. And so uh, I, I want to share this verse. It's not in uh, Ephesians, but it's just a killer verse. Paul wrote it. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. Just look on the screens and, and you can read it. It reads like this. S- uh, he set his seal of ownership upon us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit. Guaranteeing what is to come. Just leave that scripture up there. What, what I love about that scripture is: is every single person that has ever given their life to Jesus Christ, there is this seal on you. Amen. There is a seal on me. There is a mark on you. There is a mark on me. Uh, we can't see it in the natural world, but Jesus can see it. There is a seal. There is a mark. Um. You know, there's if, if, if a whole bunch of horses are in, in the, a big old field and, and some of them have a certain brand on them, you know whose horse that is. You have a seal on you. There is a mark on you. I don't know what that mark looks like. Um, and I don't know. Uh, there's just... He's got a mark. And then uh, the rest of that verse... See, I'm not really into reading a whole bunch of scriptures. I'm, I'm into reading like a few and just unpacking them, right? Um, but he says, as I'm making a deposit... Um, you know, uh, if you ever sell anything, like if you ever sell a car and, and, uh, somebody calls you up and says, Hey, I want to buy your car. Um, and you, but I can't buy it now, but I'll buy it next week. And you say back to that person, well, I got to make sure that you're going to come back because I'm going to tell everybody else that I've already sold the car. So give me a deposit of, let's say, give me a deposit of $500. And then I know that more is coming next week. So they give you $500, you hold the $500, and you tell everybody else, hey, my car's no longer for sale. I've got somebody's deposit. That $500 deposit is a reflection of a promise that he's bringing more. That's right. Right? And so the Holy Spirit that you have on the inside of you, that is a deposit. That's not the entire gift. That's not all he has to give you. That's just a deposit. There's there's more coming. Hallelujah. Right? Now, what's awesome is that the Holy Spirit does so many things, but at the very top of the list is it comforts us and it counsels us. Anytime you're really stressed out or really anxious, if you allow the Holy Spirit, if you just kind of exhale and breathe, give God a moment, He'll begin to counsel you. And and if you have the the courage to wait a few minutes, and and I don't know about you, I like to make decisions like yesterday, about today. Um, But if we have the courage to wait and to be patient, He'll counsel us. Don't say that. Frankie, don't say that. Yes, now's the time to talk. Don't talk now. Wait. Wait. Don't say that. Say this. Don't say that's what the Holy Spirit does. What a phenomenal gift. The Holy Spirit that is going to counsel us and give us comfort, but that's only a deposit. Yes. That's phenomenal. It, it, he empowers us. One of a great study is you can just study all the things that the Holy Spirit does in your life, and that's just the deposit. That's just a reflection of what's coming. So you're walking around with a mark. And you have this deposit of a promise of more to come. And so with that in mind, let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4. The very first verse there, it says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Imitate God. For a little while, uh, there were these bracelets that people would wear. I, I used to wear a WWJD, and, and I almost wish they didn't sell so many of them uh, at one time, because it kind of flooded the market, and then all of a sudden what was super cool to wear all of a sudden wasn't cool. I remember when Jean-Claude Van Damme came out with his first two movies. Do you guys remember that? He was like the most awesome guy in the world, and then he put out like 30 movies in 30 days. And it was like, okay Enough of Jean-Claude Van Damme And he never went to the movie theater again He'd he'd make a movie, he'd go straight to Blockbuster You guys remember that? It just kind of flooded the market And, And I felt like that those bracelets Kind of flooded the market a little bit too fast But it was so profound And it was a shame when people stopped wearing them Because it was just constant reminder Of would Jesus do that? Would Jesus say that? Uh, would, would would Jesus wear that? Would you wear that if Jesus was coming out? Uh, I, I want to go there, but I'm not. <laughs> what would Jesus do? And, and if you're taking notes, would you write this down? Our lives reflect those who we most regard. Our lives reflect those who we most regard. One of my favorite things is when I go to a Walmart... Um, at like three in the morning and just people watch. Have you ever done that? You don't have to go at three in the morning. You can go at like nine in the evening. It's still just as entertaining. But um, one of my favorite things is when a cashier is checking me out. Not like checking me out. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, how, do you, how am I going to say that? They're at the cashier and they're Check, checking, cashier. ringing me up. There we go, there we go. <laughs> they're ringing me up. <laughs> can I start over? <laughs> they're, they're just ringing me up, and uh, it just got hotter. Did we just lose another air conditioning unit? It just got hotter in here. But I can tell, and, and many of you guys can too, you can tell if that's a church person ringing you up. Can you tell? and sometimes I like to say At what church do you go to I don't even ask them if they go to church I can just smell it you know what I'm talking about raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about you can just smell it you ought to do that just start saying what church do you go to don't even say do you go to church you're that sure and, and what is it you can tell you can smell it you can see it there's something in their eyes there's something in their face they may think they're just striking wonder bread across the thing and moving 2% milk across but you can tell there's something different about this person and what is different? That person admires Christ and who you admire is, and is, is who you begin to reflect. Uh, there used to be this guy in, in uh, high school, I was in middle school his name was Jeff Nowling and uh, I used to think that he was the cat's meow. He was, he was, he was Don Juan DeMarco. I mean he was, he was everything. He was just the man and um, I used to try to like walk like him, and the funny thing was is he was pigeon toed <laughs> i I am not pigeon toed, but I thought that he was so incredibly cool that I was walking in my house like Jeff like this. Some of you can't see me from where you're sitting. But this is how Jeff walked. He was pigeon-toed. He'd walk like this. My dad said, what? <laughs> well, I'm not really going to tell you what my dad said. but He said, what are you doing? And I was like, what, 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 what? And, and, and Jeff would always take the tongue of his Reeboks and, and pull it out in front of his, his jeans and and then he, he was just walked always pigeon-toed like this and so I pull out the tongue of my Reeboks and pull it out in front of my jeans and we had Reebok pumps back then And anybody remember the Reebok pumps? those were the deal back in the day weren't they? and, and walk like this and and I'll never forget here I am walking like a, a moron not that Jeff is a moron that's how he normally walked he was pigeon-toed but when you're not pigeon-toed and you're walking pigeon-toed, that's not normal. That's not normal. And, and I just admired him so much. I admired him so much. I, I, I would do lots of things that he did, uh, knowing I was copying him. And, and I want to just emphasize that point. Our lives reflect those we most regard. Our lives reflect those we most regard Uh, you can tell who people admire Uh, there's this uh, a friend of mine he's a he's a music producer and he he would tell me that you can you can tell what musicians a certain musician likes by listening to his music or her music because whether they realize it or not if that person likes the Beatles or if they like Elton John they'll pull from them subconsciously. You just reflect it. And uh, I just want to say, we have just got to be incredibly infatuated with Jesus Christ. This is what Paul is saying. He's saying, look, just to tie that opening verse together, you you have a mark on you. You have a deposit of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And let me just kind of add my own thoughts to this we don't feel very special very often but it doesn't matter how you feel about yourself your feelings change like the wind the fact of the matter is that you are a son and a daughter of God who has some seal some marking on you And that mark is incredibly powerful because when God puts a mark on you, it's like this halo effect that causes things to happen for you. I'll give you an example. In the book of Genesis, there was these two boys, Cain and Abel. Abel was a good kid. His brother Cain, he was a bad kid. Cain killed his brother Abel. Cain was scared that somebody was going to kill him for killing his brother. He started running. And God promised him, nobody's going to kill you. You're cursed, but nobody's going to kill you. Your life is going to be incredibly hard. And your kids, 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 kids are going to be cursed because of what you did. But I'm not going to let anybody kill you. I'm going to put a mark on you. And that mark is going to keep people from killing you. We don't know if you could see that mark in the natural or not that's really irrelevant for my point my point is is when God puts a mark on you it changes everything it changes everything now here's the deal you and I don't feel like a flipper dipper very often we don't feel like we're super special we don't feel like we are all that we don't feel like we're more than conquerors well here's the reality that that mark That deposit of the Holy Spirit. That is incredibly, incredibly awesome. It is so awesome. It is coming from the very person of God that's depositing himself into you. And that right there needs to make us respond in a way That reserves our attention and our affection only to him. Yep. Yep. And you can tell who does this, because like I said, the lives our lives reflect those who we most regard. Uh, if you find somebody with a serious attitude problem and a smart mouth and cocky and arrogant, they are not staring with laser focus at jesus christ they're just not let me go on to the next point imitate what's the second one do you guys already know my second point imitate yes terry isaiah give him 10 bucks that was awesome (laughs) imitate holiness with worship and honor those are my four points So here we go, Uh, chapter 3. Let there be no sexual immorality. Yeah, I guess we're just going to have to read because it's in the Bible. I know that typically churches like to skip these parts of the Bible because we don't want to be offensive. And because I don't want any of you to not like me, I'm just not going to add any of my commentary. I'm just going to read it and then go to the next point. That way, if you don't like it. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure, here it comes, no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let me read that again. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God, of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshipping the things of this world what is worship worship is attention and affection whenever the team is leading us in worship is putting our our minds attention and our hearts affection our minds attention and our hearts affection that's worship so some of us worship with our hands up. Some of us worship with our hands in our pocket. Some of us worship with our eyes closed. Some of us worship sitting down. Some of us worship standing up. All of that is exterior. That's right. What really matters is what's on the inside. Your attitude, your affection, and your attention. Your affection and your attention. Nobody can measure that. You can measure that. God can measure that. And so is your attention to worldly things. So rather than saying, don't worship things of this world, it could say, if you put all of your attention on the things of this world, you're worshiping the things of this world. So here comes Paul. He says this. He goes, worshiping the things of this world, verse 6. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on those who disobey him. Now, let me just tell you, I've been in the church world my whole life. And and when I was a kid, we would send anything to hell. (laughs) I don't know if you grew up that way. I grew up that way. And and we were really out of balance. Really out of balance. If you went to the movie theater, you're going to (laughs) burn. Ladies, if you cut your hair, you're going to burn. Boys, if you wear shorts, you're going to burn. Everybody's going to burn. Well, all of a sudden, the church kind of swung over. Now we're in this other side of the pendulum. Where it's grace, 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 mercy and grace. Love, grace, mercy and grace. And so, at some point, we went, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Women aren't going to go to hell just because they're wearing makeup. And Jezebel wore makeup. That doesn't mean they're Jezebel. It just means... They want to wear makeup. And then all of a sudden it's like, man, that's really out of balance. And so everybody went way over here. Well, now God's full of grace, full of mercy, full of love, full of grace, full of mercy, full of love. So just because we're not married and we're having sex and we live with each other and we're in the backseat of a car at the park at 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, hey, God's full of grace and mercy and I can look at all the porn I want to because God's full of grace and mercy. Well, hold on a minute here. Hold on a minute here. One extreme is just as wrong as the other extreme. This isn't true any more than this isn't true. Well, how do we know what's true and what's not true? I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. Look at the person next to me and say, thanks for asking. Go ahead. Go ahead. Thanks for asking. How do we know what's true? I got an idea here. I got an idea. I'm not the smartest guy in the whole world. But uh, how about we just read what the Bible says? It says this. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all those who disobey him. Now, let me just tell you. A part of the problem of teaching one extreme and the other extreme, or the major problem, is uh, people like me. I'm part of the problem. And, and this is very hard for me to say, uh, and, and other pastors and preachers, because here's the deal. Uh, this is so humiliating to say. I want you to like me. I don't like it when people don't like me. And if I sit up here and say, no immoral, impure, greedy person who is worshipping the things of this world, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And if you're living that way, what are your feelings towards me about right now? Not real good. And so let me just tell you, pastors across America and beyond, you know what's in the back of everybody's mind? We want to be light. Right. See, the real <laughs> preachers, like Paul, you mean to tell me, let me act like I'm Paul, you mean to tell me if I preach this you're going to put me in jail? Yeah. Cuff me up. John the Baptist, you mean if I preach like this, you're going to chop my head off? But in this day and age, we want to be liked so bad that we're skipping scriptures. We're skipping books. And we're going to talk about things that, uh, in, in Bible college, they call it topical sermons topical sermons is what do I feel like preaching about you think of a topic and then you take scriptures to support that topic that's not right so what do we have we got bad preaching coming from bad preachers I'm not talking about any other preacher. I'm talking about me did you guys hear all that I'm talking about me I ask God to forgive me all the time for this so you got bad preachers preaching bad scriptures raising bad Christians. And now you walk out into the mall and you look in the mall and you're like, I don't know who's a Christian who's not a Christian. Well, is it their fault? Well, yes, you will be held accountable because you can't read. All right? But the Bible says that teachers will be judged more harshly than the rest so here's the deal if we're gonna imitate him we got to remember point number two is holiness matters see aiming for holiness is the only way to aim to live for a holy God aiming for holiness is the only way to the Holy One aiming for holiness is the only way to the Holy One holiness only matters to those who live for the Lord It doesn't matter to everybody. It only matters for the people who live for God. Now, let me uh, make sure that I I don't want to not include grace because grace is part of the gospel. So I'm going to talk about a term called flagrant sins. Uh, See, there's a big difference between needing mercy... And needing grace, because uh, you're having a struggle in a particular area. It's hard. It's struggle. I've given this illustration before, but it's the best one I can come up with, so I'm going to have to give it again. When I was in middle school, I would foul out of basketball games every single game. I'd only play half of the game. There's four quarters in a basketball game. In every game, I'd only get to play two because by halftime, I will have fouled out. It was so miserable. We only had one game a week. I'd practice all week long. I only get to play half of the game. It was so upsetting. I would try my hardest, and I would still foul. Now, for those of you guys that don't know what a foul is because you've never watched a game of basketball, when somebody's shooting a basketball or dribbling a basketball or whatever, you can't hit them. You can't elbow them and touch them and slap them. You can't do that. You can't do that. It's the exact opposite of football. And so uh, <laughs> so uh, I had a problem because whoever I was guarding, I would try to get the ball, and as I'm trying to get the ball, I'm slapping them. and then I'd, get, I'd foul out, and if you do that five times, you're out of the game. And I'd go sit on the bench and I'd be so upset with my, my, myself. I'd be so upset, I'd be so upset, I'd be so frustrated, I'd be so upset. See, now that is very different from what they call a flagrant foul. See, a flagrant foul is when you see somebody coming and you're like, I'm going to hit that guy. <laughs> and they go up to shoot and they're running down the floor and they go up to shoot and you're sizing them up and you're timing it. Bow! <laughs> foul. Sometimes they'll tee you up. That's two different kinds of fouls. You got an, a regular foul and a flagrant foul. Regular foul is when you're like, oh man, I wish I didn't do that. I'm having a lot of trouble. I keep fouling, oh man. This foul over here is, yeah, I'm meant to do it. Deal with it. Two different kinds of fouls. What's the difference? It's all in here. If you're sinning, like I do, And you're backing up and you're saying, God, I am so sorry. I need some help. If you don't help me. See, the difference between grace and mercy is mercy forgives you. Grace gives you the strength to stop doing it. So you back up and you say, I need your mercy. I need you to forgive me. I'm trying here, man. I'm trying. I keep on making promises. I'm never going to do it again. I keep on doing it. I need some help. See, that's that's a different category. And that category is like, hey, I see that you're in a different. I am with you, and I've got grace and I've got mercy and I've got patience. And and you that's very different from saying, Yeah, I did it. I'm gonna do it again. Two totally different things. And so you back up and you read this scripture, and and we gotta just realize who God is. And that's why the Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Don't just handle this thing casually. If you're a teenager in this room, don't handle it casually. God will take care of me. I don't want to be you. Are you with me? Are you guys with me? All right, here we go. That's holiness. Point number three is Worship. Uh, And he just dives right into it. And and I like how he he just jumps right into it. There's no passive-aggressive bone in his body. It's in verse 18. Uh, It it reads like this. Let me find it. It says, don't be drunk with wine. Now, I went to uh, a church that if you said wine, you're sinning. But nowhere in the Bible does it say you can't drink. However... There are some people that it is a sin for them. It's not a sin for everybody. It's a sin for certain people. Like Samson in the Bible was not allowed to drink wine. He wasn't allowed. Jesus could. Samson couldn't. Wine is one of those deals. You just got to work it out in your heart so some people can't touch it with a 50-yard stick but if you do touch it don't be drunk with wine so you're allowed to drink it but you can't be drunk that's a no-no if you like to have a merlot or a chardonnay or i'm kinda showing off now pinot noir (laughs) if you like to have a little grape every now and again go ahead you start getting tipsy, push that bottle away, cork that thing, saith the Lord. <laughs> because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's almost like you can't have both. Because He said, instead, right? that was kind of good <laughs> I didn't see that earlier that's why I'm kind of pausing right now That was, that was, that was. Ryan was that kind of good or what I know I wasn't singing but come on throw me a bone bud don't have them back don't be drunk with wine but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit singing psalms And hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. Man, isn't that cool? That's two different kinds of singing now. Actually, it's three different kinds of singing. We got singing songs and hymns. Okay, so that's singing. Among yourselves, it sounds like a group there. Spiritual songs, that's singing in the spirit. There's another group there. That's group number two. What else do we got here? Making music to the Lord in your hearts. There's number three. There's a second kind of worshiping there. What's worship in your heart? That means like when you're in a business meeting or you're in a classroom and the Lord comes to your mind and you start worshiping him in your heart, your mind's attention, your heart's affection, nothing's coming out, but it's just like in here. You say, man, instead of, instead of being filled with wine and being drunk, do this, and you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. See, see, that's why uh, I like standing on the front row, because I don't get to see who comes in late. <laughs> I just assume everybody's on time, right? I get up here and everybody's there, right? I can't, I, I can't see when people come in late, or, and 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 why is that important well it's, it's 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 important for this point right here it's not good to be late why is it not good to be late because this worshiping concept is really big it's a really big deal yes amen it's a big deal it's not like being late for a lunch appointment where you just say sorry bro this is different when you're worshiping and, and they didn't pay. Isaiah didn't pay me for this. This is this is just right out of the Bible. When you're worshiping, you're actually becoming more spirit filled. Yes. That, that's what's happening. Yes. Now you say, "Well, I'm not really comfortable with how you guys worship." Well, well how do you feel comfortable? All right, worship it that way. Okay, just worship that way. You know, I, I just need to take a sidebar. I just looked at somebody's face, and I just feel like I. I got a word for you and I just need to tell you. I'm not going to point at you, but I'm just going to say it. You know who you are. In, in 1 Peter, it says to be clear-minded so you can pray. And, and you agree with everything that I'm saying, but it is so hard for you to connect to this message, not because you don't agree with it. It's just because you've got so many worries and so many concerns on your mind. It's hard for you to think about anything else except for that problem, and I can see it on your face. I just want you to know if you just kind of whisper in your heart and say, God, help me. Just help me. Because God knows you can't pray when you're not clear-minded. He knows that. That's why Peter said, be clear-minded so you can pray. He knows you can't pray when you're stressed out and worried. And and that's why we just got to say, God, I'm so stressed out. I'm so worried. Help me Give this to you. Does that make sense? Help me give this to you. Because it. it sometimes it's not like, hey, I'm going to give you this bottle of water. I know how to give you this bottle of water. I just, done. I gave you the bottle of water. But giving you my stress, worry, and concern, well, well I don't really know how to do that. But But God knows that you can't pray and you can't concentrate unless you're clear-minded. So just like I said, praying in your heart just now, say that prayer in your heart. Just say, God, I can't think about anything else except for this. Help me. Help me. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. 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 All right, let me uh, go to the fourth point, and this is my, my last and, and closing point, is honor. In chapter, uh, in chapter 5, verse 21, very important verse, it says this, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another. Isaiah, I want you to come on up here and play because we're going to close out. Um, one who gives honor receives honor. One who gives honor receives honor. You know, it's a, honor is a very interesting thing because honor is not given to people who make a lot of money. It's not money related. Uh, have you ever met somebody that has hardly no money at all, just economically they're lower class, but you can't help but to respect them and treat them well? It's called honor. And, and Paul is saying honor Everybody. I worked at a church one time and I had a a colleague, friend of mine. She would honor everybody who was her boss and be cruel to everybody she was ahead of. Do you know anybody like that? Everybody she was the boss over, everybody on her downline, she was ruthless to them. But everybody that was above her on the totem pole, she honored them. That's not what Paul says. Paul says honor everybody. And I just want to let you know, I've seen this a thousand times, and you guys have probably seen it too. When you find somebody that honors and esteems everyone, whether they realize it or not, they're the one being honored. See, towards the end of that chapter, if I had time for it, Paul talks about wives. He says, honor your husbands. And there's not an asterisk next to a husband's. And then you go to the bottom of the page and it says, only good ones. <laughs> now, don't get your pen and write an asterisk. <laughs> and, and then it talks about men. It says to love your wife the way Christ loved the church. Well, how did Christ love the church? They both have to go together. But when you're not biased or you're not prejudiced against who you honor and who you don't honor, it's your wife, it's the neighbor, it's the boss, it's the neighbor, it's everybody. What you'll find is you're the one being honored.